Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we give our takes on all things TV. Today is the February preview episode, so we'll be running through all of the new releases, new seasons, and new season series premieres uh, coming out in February. Should be exciting. We were just talking about how, Jess, you have already seen (laughs) some of these, so it's not going to be like a, ooh, what's that about? But hopefully it'll be at least fun to get some some gut reactions. Um, so without further ado, I feel like we should just start rattling through. Even though February is a short month, there are still quite a lot of shows coming out. Yeah, I feel like January, February, and March are always so stacked because of the Emmys deadline. Mm. Does that? Which is <laughs> May, actually. But like, it definitely feels like shows drop off after the first like four. Well, I said March, but I think like through May. Yeah. It seems like there's more, which makes sense because the Emmys deadline is right at the end of May and they want shows to be fresh. But the Emmys got all messed up last year and I, I don't I'm know. very confused And the now. strikes messed everything up. And so we're also getting like all the strike shows that weren't released that are finally done. Uh, maybe I'll do like a comparison between number of shows released each month in 2024 compared to past years Ooh. just for fun. A little infographic. Who would like that? Huh? I would. Yeah, I'm maybe. raising my hand very high. <laughs> Just you. We Just love us. data visualization. Okay. <laughs> Let's get started. Okay. So, feel free. February 1st, which I believe is next Thursday. Correct me if I'm wrong. But next Thursday, February 1st, is also when our newsletter comes out. So if you want to get a jump on some of these shows and like put them in your calendar, we'll also be releasing a February list of all the preview shows to our premium subscribers. Just saying. Anyway, first show, February 1st, Feud colon Capote versus the Swans. Jess, do you know anything about this? I do. And I also feel the need to add that technically it comes out January 31st, but it comes out on FX and February 1st is the Hulu streaming. I know this is your thing, but I just had to that is okay. to add that. Yeah, no, that's a fine um, addition. We did not mention this in our January preview, I think partially because for streaming services, it comes out on February 1st. Unless I'm totally – But who watches? No, that's true. It okay. comes out on Hulu on February 1st. And FX has their like exclusive partnership with Hulu. But who watches things on FX? Like does every – I feel like everybody just watches them on Hulu the next day. Who has FX? Like, you have to not only have what? Like cable but like have that channel which isn't even – like I could use my antenna and get ABC. Right. I can't get FX unless I pay for cable or I guess pay for like – Hulu Live, which people do. People with packages too. Like I feel like they'll have like a random cable package and it'll come with some bonus channels. One of them could be FX or like an HBO Max subscription, for instance. They're like, there are random bundles. I don't know. And at any rate, I'm going to read the synopsis, even though you already know what it is for the viewers at home. So um, this is Ryan Murphy's docudrama anthology series, which I had no knowledge of. I don't think I'd ever heard of Feud season one. This is technically season two, um, but this time it's in a completely different story following the fallout of Truman Capote, played by Tom Hollander, who publishes a thinly veiled account of the scandalous activities of his friends. I'm putting that in quote, a group of New York City socialites. It will be starring... Uh, Naomi Watts, Chloe Sivigny, I always pronounce her name wrong, um, Callista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Diane Lane, along with, like I said, Tom Hollander. So I don't know. What are your initial gut reactions? Do you want to watch this? I am intrigued. 
the cast is stacked. So I feel like either they all joined because like one of them did and they're like, oh, it has blank person in it. I'll do it. Or because the script was really good. And I say all, but who is it really? Like a lot of those people haven't been in anything in years. Calista Flockhart, like not in anything in (laughs) years, but still it feels notable. And I love an ensemble cast. As far as the actual story, I don't know. It feels more up your alley, no? It does. It does feel up my alley. Um, I sorry, just to go back to why all this, why this stacked cast would have said yes to this. I think we're also forgetting. Um, I guess, I guess FX maybe not so much as Apple, but I was just thinking of the example that we bring up all the time. But the um, extrapolations, which also had like a crazy cast, True. which. I'm sure that was for money and like concept. I'm sure they didn't see the script and say like, ooh, this is, this is it. So hard to tell with just, just the people that are in it, hard to tell if it's actually going to be quality content. But yeah, I'm kind of excited. I like your, you know, New York socialite trying to ruin other people's lives story as much as the next guy. Like we said, it comes out February 1st on Hulu, but before that, if you have FX and two of the eight episodes will be premiering that day and then weekly. So Boom. You know, I do I do have FX. I have YouTube Live. I don't know why I'm sitting here judging Hypocrite. everybody that has it. <laughs> I just never use it except for sports, live sports. Like I'm never like, oh, it's 9 p.m. on Wednesday. That's exactly when this FX show comes out. I just go on the next day and watch it on Hulu. Huh. Why do you have – we don't need to get into why you have FX, but we can talk about it later. Um, the It's with YouTube TV. That's mm, what I just said. I missed that. It Sorry. just comes on there. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. Not listening. No, really, I was I was trying to find the next uh, show in the in the lineup, which is another anthology series, Genius colon MLK slash X, which is kind of an awkward one to say out loud. Um, but this is another February first, but but on Disney Plus February second. This is another. It airs before a streaming service gets it. So if you have Disney Plus, it's on February 22nd. I mean, sorry, February 2nd. Um, And this is technically season four of this anthology series by Nat Geo. Um, And it will focus on two iconic geniuses, as the name describes, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X, um, and how their dueling philosophies helped usher America through the civil rights movement. It is um, developed by Noah Pink and Kenneth Biller, uh, what else am I going to, oh, I, I didn't know about this. So I'm going to give a little background, but you can tell me if you've already heard this, Jess, but the first season was on Albert Einstein. Um, the second one was on Mary Shelley. No, sorry. Um, Pablo Picasso. And then they tried to do one on Mary Shelley, but it was changed during development. And then there was another genius episode on Aretha Franklin. So this is the fourth installment. Um, and like I said, again, we'll premiere on February 1st, but February 2nd on Disney plus. Have you seen any of those? Or the other never the other seasons? didn't know this existed. I'm not sure I did either. Although when I saw you know this pop up and I'm going through and making the list um, on my end, I thought it sounded familiar, but I definitely have never heard of the, what Einstein, the Einstein one, or the Picasso one, or the Aretha Franklin one. So I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Which of. is all maybe of just <laughs> a, a different MLKX story is probably what I was thinking of. And I don't know, it, like, doesn't seem super that interesting to me. 
Yeah, I think the Einstein, the very first season of this, when I was looking up the previous seasons, it looks like that was based on a book. So a, someone wrote a biography about Einstein. And then, um, so Walter Isaacson, I'm saying someone, but I have it right in front of me, Einstein, his life and universe. And so that was the inspiration for the first season, which seems like people do that. That's interesting to to ima- reimagine a biography on the screen. But then since then, it seems like they've just been riffing off of that. I don't know if this MLK slash X season is based on any particular biographical material. Um, so who knows? Yeah, who knows what the quality of the storytelling is going to be? Honestly, National Geographic was responsible for a small light which I think is the first National Geographic thing that I've watched except for like animals mating and hiding from other animals in the wild. So It does feel like you could have started that with something other than animals mating. Yeah, I but apologize. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, their track record for me, it's a, it's a one win out of one show watched. So promising. So we're going to assign this one to you. I suppose so. I'll take it. Um, we can move right along to Mr. and Mrs. Smith which has had a little bit of drama. Um, You may remember this as a movie from 2005 with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, but ordered in 2021, this is an Amazon series adaptation with actually quite a bit of a twist. It's it's not really the same concept, Um, but it was originally a collaboration between Atlanta's Donald Glover and Fleabag's Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and then also writer Francesca Sloan of Fargo. And the Uh, Phoebe and Donald Glover were going to star as the title characters, but Phoebe Waller-Bridge dropped out of the project due to creative differences, um, which is kind of sad because I have a recollection that these two figures were pretty close. And I say that because I think I watched YouTube videos of them talking about like coming up in the scene together and like being writer buddies. So it's sad that they stopped this during, uh, stopped working on this due to creative differences. But Glover is remaining as the co-creator and star, and Maya Erskine, Erskine, do you know how to pronounce her last name? Erskine. Maya Erskine of Pen15, which I really love, so I should know how to pronounce her last name, is taking on the quote-unquote Angelina Jolie role. Um, So the way that this differs is that this is a pair of spies whose cover involves them posing as a married couple, and then their living situation becomes complex as they form a genuine attraction, which if you know the original movie... That was sort of the opposite. This couple does not realize that the other in their pairing is also a spy. And so there's this, the the drama unfolds from there. Um, In terms of the actual show, I have seen the first episode and I like it. It's good so far. I definitely want to keep watching. Is Maya Erskine um, goofy? I feel like that's her usual MO. No, I mean, I, I think it's like a dark comedy there is no like silliness to it i would say so far i would bet that's going to change but that's just a hunch just based on donald she was a very serious role in um blue eye samurai Mm. as well if that's another that's the only thing actually that i know her from because i haven't seen pen 15 i don't i don't mean um my erskine in general but i do think like even with atlanta donald glover there's usually dark comedy mostly serious and then somewhere in there he'll uh add some silliness some some goofiness. Did you? You didn't see Swarm. That was also Donald Glover, and there is zero not. silliness on that. It That's is fair. <laughs> horror mostly comedy, but mostly horror. But I don't. Yeah, I would say the tone is dark comedy and like action, but 
remains to be seen where he takes it. I haven't really seen any like specifically Donald Glover-esque influences yet other than like, I guess, generally the tone, but he's, he gets so weird and like sort of like introspective and just kind of quirky with his stuff. And I thought you meant when he was in interviews, but I guess, yeah, same. Um, That air date is February 2nd on Prime Video just in case I hadn't mentioned that. And I don't think I mentioned um, a couple of the other, like Sarah Paulson is in this, Sharon Horgan, Alexander Skarsgård, um, a bunch of other, and all eight episodes will be available to stream on the day that it is uh, aired. Yeah. It all comes out at once. That's interesting. That's what I found. Um, The next show I will um, preface by saying I don't really care anything about. And I think that is that reflects poorly on me because I think this is a beloved show by many, which is Curb Your Enthusiasm. I haven't seen any of it. Uh, And this is season 12 and it is the final season purportedly. Larry David has confirmed, but who knows actually how how much of confirmation that is. Um, If you're unfamiliar with Curb Your Enthusiasm. Seinfeld co-creator Larry David plays a version of himself on this improvised series. He faces a constant barrage of life's little annoyances, which in David's sometimes well-meaning but terminally fumbling hands don't tend to stay small for long. And he's been playing this version of himself for almost 25 years because this series first aired in 2000. Although I don't know why, (laughs) I guess it's almost, it will be almost 25 years by the time um, the final episode airs. So there were quite a few gaps in the production of this show. It's been going for a long time. Um, and yeah, I have <laughs> I have a really quick blurb for the season 12 premiere where Larry will head to Georgia to appear at the birthday party of a prominent businessman. That doesn't mean anything to me, but... Is each season like one arc? One story? This is just for the first episode, but I don't know. Oh. I've never seen it. Okay, guess who's not listening now? <laughs> Uh, I've never seen it either, which does feel upsetting uh, that neither of us have. And it is like an iconic show iconic. that's been running so long. However, we were rather young when it began. <laughs> and I can't say any single person in my life has ever been like, you know what you got to watch? Curb your enthusiasm. I guess and you make some good points. However, Seinfeld also, we were very young Borderline, but not born when Seinfeld was out. And I have seen all of Seinfeld. So I should have at some point possibly watched one episode of Curb. Yes. However, (laughs) Seinfeld, like actually very much iconic. Most people in their top 10 shows, like if they're old and they've seen all the shows and they're making a top 10 list, Seinfeld will be in it. We don't knock the oldies. (laughs) Ages over here. I think Curb Your Enthusiasm is not said in the same breath quite as often. I think people do count it as one of the best shows of all time, especially in like a list of 50. It would be in there, but I th- I don't think it's fair, exactly fair to equate the levels of Seinfeld and Curb. I could be wrong. I really don't hear about Curb Your Enthusiasm that often, I feel. I think my I, I'm swayed by the fact that my family, one, super into Seinfeld, but then two, also like quotes curb things a lot to me and i have to constantly be like i haven't seen it i'm sorry so that's a little bit so of a you should have spot. seen it i absolutely that's i'm yeah i'm yeah i don't know that all why the way I, I mean i feel okay about having i mean i don't feel great about having never seen it but i i understand why i haven't mm-hmm. 
Anyhow, if you've been waiting for season 12, the time is now, February 4th on Max. You can watch. Um, enjoy. Maybe someday I'll catch up, but 12 seasons are a lot of seasons. Boy, that's daunting. That's intimidating. I, that's how I feel about It's Always Sunny. I'm like, if someone wants to put on an episode for me, I'll watch it, but I will not be going through all, what, 16 seasons? Yeah. The good thing about, about It's Always Sunny, and I'm assuming also Curb, is that you don't have to start and then not stop until the end. Like, I feel like It's Always Sunny. You could watch one season, pause for a long time, then if you feel like it, go back. Curb is probably very similar. If that, I think if you've, you've just sold yourself on trying it then. Yeah, I probably. I guess that'll be my my gym show this afternoon just because I forced it on me myself. Something that I am sitcom-wise very excited about and have been keeping up with, Abbott Elementary is the next show on the February release list. Season three. A, a plus segue, Jenny. Woo-hoo. I love a good segue. <laughs> I am so excited. Pumped. I'm so excited. Yeah. I love this feeling. Of a show coming out that you're actually just like so purely, no fears, just purely excited about. Yeah. I, I have no nerves. Me no neither. nerves about this. I Yeah. Just just some giddiness. Um, I'm going to read the, the little blurb that I've written, even though I know you know, and I know the listeners probably know what Abbott Elementary is about, but a group of dedicated, passionate teachers and slightly tone-deaf principal find themselves thrown together in a Philadelphia public school where, despite the odds stacked against them, they are determined to help their students succeed in life. It's very heartwarming. And school is almost back in session. With at February 3rd, no, sorry, February 7th, season three. I've mixed up my numbers. Um, season two, as a little refresher, concluded in April uh, 2023 with Quinta Brunson's character, um, oh, wait, don't say spoilers just in case people haven't seen. Oh, I can't say spoilers. Okay, well, then you'll never know how season two ended. And Did you almost say 2019, Jenny? What year do you think it is? I'm before mixing you up. Sw- I switched feel, it to 2023. <laughs> I feel very numbers dyslexic today. I've been because it's on April 19th, 2023, but I jumped ahead of myself and I said, Oh, you had the whole date written out. Yes. Great researcher. This is what <laughs> happens. You. We don't have a separate research team. You know how a lot of podcasts are like, what's that assistant? Or they yeah, like, call yeah, to the Gregory. producer. They're like, give, it, give us the number, um, Piper. Mm-hmm. We can pretend. We, we don't have – we'll just ask Piper and Tato for all our numbers. Perfect. Piper um, does sound like an actual assistant. But like, does. Tato does Tato not. Does not. <laughs> Sorry, Tato. We'll have to change your name a little bit. Um, Non-spoilery, non-spoilery, I can say that the showrunner of Abbott Elementary, Justin Halpern, revealed that a larger theme for season three has been decided had, earlier. This was this is from a, an interview a while ago. I hope it's been decided because it's coming out soon. Um, the second season ended up talking about charter schools and the push of those. The first season was a lot about just working in an underfunded school in the city. Um, and season three he said is a very different theme that he hasn't seen on TV before. And that's all he said. So I don't have a ton of info, but I'm intrigued and I'm excited. February 7th, ABC, and then the next day on Hulu. I was already interested, but that's intriguing. I know. I'm, I really like all of the like overarching themes that they choose to, to go into relating to teachers and, and inner city schools. I've been like learning things while also being entertained and feeling heartwarmed and fuzzy. Heartwarmed. <laughs> Warmed heart. I too feel fuzzy. Yay. Okay. Abbott Elementary. 
That one's going to be fun. Um, the next on the list is a show that I have not seen, but you have because you wrote about it for the um, newsletter. It's not can dead yet. Oh, oh, no, you can't. Jenny. <laughs> you can't That's guess. What, I was going to guess either that or ghosts. I don't have their release dates memorized, but yes, not dead yet. It's season two. It is season two. Also on ABC, also February 7th. I wonder if they're just like one after the other, um, Abbott and not That's dead a yet. lot. For one day for me. Yeah. Well, luckily- Too much excitement. You can wait to the next day to watch one of them on Hulu. Um, But yes, a quick blurb for Not Dead Yet. Um, From creators David Windsor and Casey Johnson, Not Dead Yet is based on Alexander Potter's 2020 book, Confessions of a 40-something Fuck-Up. I did not know that. That it was based on a book. Me, neither did I. Um, but it follows Nell Serrano, played by Gina Rodriguez, a broke and newly single self-described disaster who writes obituaries at her local newspaper alongside her best friend and her nemesis boss. The twist is she can see the dead people she's writing about and they offer her life advice, whether she wants it or not. Um, I don't quite remember exactly what your review said. I know this series was met with tepid reviews from critics kind of across the board for the first season. People liked Gina Rodriguez liked her performance, but the like series lacked drive to keep engagement up is sort of the the energy that I was getting from the from the internet. Does that track with what you remember? Yeah, it's funny. I didn't I don't remember looking up or knowing about what other people thought about it, but so I'm but I'm almost surprised to find that people I thought everybody liked it more than me, I guess would have been my recollection of it. Because when I first started watching it, I thought it was a little corny. The jokes weren't really doing it for me. Like, I love a workplace comedy. I love an ensemble comedy. Gina Rodriguez, excellent. The There are a few other actors in it. I'm struggling to remember people's names right now, but Cece <laughs> from New Girl. Oh, I yes. can't remember her real names. Oh, Nina, Nina Simone. Is that right? Something like that. That's someone else. Um, Wait, is that is it? Some- <laughs> That's- okay, see, so we're going to do characters. <laughs> Cece from New Girl and can't remember the character's name either, but one of the characters from Superstore are in the the characters you mentioned, the best friend and the boss. Oh, Lauren Ash is the boss. Thank you. And who's Cece? Don't remember. Did you look that one up? No, but okay. I can. <laughs> uh, and I like all three of these women. I, I love Gina, huge Jane the Virgin fan. Obviously, big new girl fan. And I Lauren Ash, I think, is really funny in Superstore. The show was sort of not using them well, not dead yet. It was just not not really uti- utilizing them well. And the ensemble wasn't really gelling. And I love an ensemble, but you it's got to gel. And I think it just takes, as we've mentioned so, so many times, it just takes some time to really get into an ensemble comedy because you have to kind of figure out how each character works, how they work together. It needs to um, marinate, I would say. And I really spent the whole season like watching it, not loving it. I thought the ghost bits were like not great. And that's sort of like each episode is its own, like it's episodic in that nature. Each episode is a new ghost kind of. Didn't love that dynamic. It wasn't really that funny. It wasn't really working for me. But as the greater story arcs were developed, by the end of the season, I liked it, actually. And I'm kind of not as excited as Abbott, but I'm excited for season two. I think season two is where it's going to be like 
found its own, found its footing. The ensemble will be stronger. This is what I'm hoping, but I have reason to hope, I think. That is not what I was expecting. Um, I did double check on Cece's name. It's Hannah Simone, which you almost got there. You did say you did say Nina Simone, which is a singer. <laughs> that is is a person. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you for checking. So Anytime. Feel, feel so silly. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for it. I feel bad because I reviewed it. It's so hard with a comedy when you only have like six episodes of one se- of the first season and you're trying to review it. I didn't like it that much. I'll do a new review um, when I get into season two, but I really, really liked it a lot more by the end of season one. And I feel like I have to issue an apology, but that's not how it works. No, I, people- One season can be bad. One season can be good. It's just, it's just how it goes. Yeah. I also think people should know by now, we've said it enough times in our reviews that Comedies are so hard when they're ensemble comedies in particular to accurately assess before you've given them enough time. Like they need, they, like you said, they need time to marinate. You need to like figure out what the pairings are and you need to sort of fall in love with some of the characters before you can fully appreciate what the show's going for. So I don't think that's, you don't need to issue any apologies. Um, anyway, there's a new cast member joining season two, Brad Garrett. He's going to be, Duncan Rhodes, the owner slash publisher of the SoCal Independent Newspaper, among other other successful businesses, is what the thing said. He's also the father of Nell's boss, Lexi, played by Lauren Ash, like we said. Um, and uh, season two premieres on Wednesday, February 7th at 8.30 on ABC. Next day streaming on Hulu. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Next one, I'm tepidly... <laughs> excited for i don't know if that's a phrase you can actually use those two words together i wouldn't you can probably (laughs) i'm i'm interested i it's one day one season it's a limited series based on a book and i remember yeah i know i knew you would feel this way i like these like sappy rom-com stories i don't remember how i felt about the film I, Anne Hathaway and Jim Sturgis um, were in the 2011 feature film that was based on the same source material, this David Nichols book called Also One Day. Um, and it's essentially, the, the background is the same for all of them. So the romantic drama begins in its first episode or in the first scene on a single day in 1988 and then jumps forward in time by exactly a year in each of these episodes. And it's going to trace the relationship between two characters, Emma and Dexter, which um, are played by Ambika Maud and and um, Leo Woodall. And Leo Woodall, you may recognize from um, White Lotus, is what oh. I... Oh. Yes. Oh, I love that little guy. <laughs> that little guy. He's a cutie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scene stealing, for sure. Um, but yeah, so it will be just in time for Valentine's Day, a week before, February 8th. And it's on Netflix and it's, I, I I read this when I was young and I thought it was quite tragic and romantic and I don't know that I will love this retelling, but like sort of in the same way that, um, what's it called? Flatmates, that, that series that was based on a book. Like, I think I might enjoy it. Just like, I won't put too many expectations on it. And it's, you know, the week before Valentine's day, maybe I'll feel like like watching a story about love. I too read the book. And I remember like having a viscerally negative reaction to this book. <laughs> Do you weren't we like we were like passing this book around in high school. Like we all read it. Like mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. me, I think 
few of our friends. I, I think everybody liked it more than me. I cannot remember what I didn't like, but there was something, maybe the ending, there was something that I wanted to throw the book out a window. I mean, I'm curious <laughs> if I'll still feel, but it wasn't that, it was like, it was like a, I didn't like it kind of ending, not a like, oh, I'm so sad now mm. ending. Although hmm, in high school for me, that could have been one and the same. Unsure. I cannot remember. I don't remember if I even saw the movie and I was 0% interested in watching this show, although I probably still would have given it a chance. But we have what else? Such a cutie. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I think he's so Just perfect for that role because the only thing I remember about this guy is that he's like kind of a classist douchebag and but like also charming. Yeah, there and you go. Boom. Yeah. That's totally Jack. Was that his character's <laughs> name in The White Lotus? I think it was. I think I don't so, know. yeah. Yeah, you're right. So I'm, I'll say interested and I'm hoping that like the years have changed me enough that my – overly negative reaction doesn't necessarily have to be my reaction today in this year in this age it may not be i will say knowing what i know about you and what you like i don't think this is this is your <laughs> your no, show it's not but we'll see i'm so gonna we can leave it. it leave it at that like i said 14 episode british series on february 8th on netflix fun all right next uh show coming out is the first season of a new series called Tracker um, on February 11th on CBS. Sorry, my all of my list just went haywire. So I was trying to remember dates as I was saying it. Oh, nice memory. Good memory. Uh, thank you. I really hope that wasn't wrong. Yes, February 11th on CBS. Great. Okay, this is a drama series. Um, the start time for this one is approximate. I can tell you more about it later, but I think it's on the same day as the Super Bowl. So it's like on a weird, it's a weird time that of the premiere. Um, so interesting because I feel like you pay a lot of money to have your show air around the Super Bowl because you assume that people will just like keep watching. So that's, that's fun. Um, but this new CBS series tracker stars Justin Hartley uh, as Coulter Shaw, a mysterious reward seeker and expert tracker. The story is based on the novel The Never Game by Jeffrey Deaver. Justin Hartley's survivalist character travels the country to use his expert tracking skills to solve mysteries. I feel like this is the kind of show that's going to get a ton of viewers. One, because right after the Super Bowl, people are just going to leave it on and watch it. Two, because of what it is, which is like the classic. I don't even know what it's about, even though you just told me what it's about. But like the classic like guy who looks like he's in the military doing like... Mm, Man stuff. Just man stuff. It's got 24 energy. It's got hijack energy. Like action. Not even like more more banal. Like it has Jack Ryan. A, Is one, that what I'm thinking One of, of the like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Jack, it, it's got Jack Ryan and Reacher energy. That's what it is. It's, it's giving like pick up one of these hundred books and they'll are, they're all basically the same, like a James Patterson book or a – what did you say? Jeffrey Deaver? Isn't he the same sort of author? So it, it all I've never sense. read Jeffrey Deaver, I will admit. I have not. I've not. But you just you scan them in the library, you know, and they're all the same look. And there's like a hundred of them. And you're like, how could one author possibly? Mm -hmm. And then you like read what they're about. And you're like, oh, that's how. Mm -hmm. It's yes. the same thing every time. One adventure after another. I it's also reminding you. me of The Terminal List. Was that, that was the name of that one with uh, Chris Pratt, which was like, man, military. 
not actually CBS, although I thought it was for a second, but I think that one might have been Prime. But it's it's all the same. I don't want to watch this. No, nor do I. This might be one of the ones where we get one of our dads to watch it and do like a little feature <laughs> review. My does, dad does not like stuff like this. It, it does feel like a dad show, but not my dad. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe it'll be my dad <laughs> kind of show. Um, it's, I mean, there's a mystery element. Like he's solving mysteries. It's less just like, let's stop the bad guy from doing bad things. So maybe it'll be slightly more interesting. But I too am not super excited about watching this. Um. Yeah, that's that's all we can say about that. Oh, Justin Hartley, we haven't really mentioned. He got big from um, being the husband of <laughs> the person from <laughs> Selling Sunset. I'm just kidding. He was in that show. That <laughs> oh, I didn't think you were kidding. <laughs> that's why I know him. <laughs> um, no, he was in This Is Us. Yeah, this that's what us. I was going to say. I think This Is Us was his breakout role. But he's still the hus- ex-husband of the Selling Sunset lady. Sherelle, Chantel, Sh- Chriselle. Chriselle. <laughs> I love Chriselle. I'm so She's sorry, so Chriselle. I did not mean to butcher your name. All right, moving right along. On Valentine's Day itself, February 14th, a new series, a drama called The New Look will be coming out. And in this Apple TV series, Ben Mendelsohn will star as Christian Dior, who, in a new historical drama series that focuses on the origins of the modern fashion industry in Nazi-occupied Paris during World War II. Um, it's created by Todd A. Kessler, who did Damages. Um, Helen Shaver is also going to direct Julia Kukuranu. I'm not saying her name right. Oh, it was Kukurano. better that you tried, though, and that it did it so horribly. <laughs> I'm going to say it's Kukornau. I think you just have to say what well, you have to say a pronunciation with confidence until you're wrong. That's but was that right? <laughs> Why would I know? Who is that? <laughs> Who are we even naming right now? I'm naming the directors. I don't know. It, it seemed important. Um, the New Look also stars Juliette Binoche, Maisie Williams, hey, uh, John Malkovich, Emily Mortimer, and Clay's Bang. I don't know who that is. <gasps> Emily Mortimer. I do know who that is. <laughs> Plus, Glenn Close. Glenn Close in a guest role. Uh, and it features uh, and it features a soundtrack of modern covers of period-appropriate songs. That is very Bridgerton of them. Produced by Jag Antonoff. Oh, the fact that that's like in the premise makes me feel like needle drops are so, uh, sometimes, oh, anyway, I have other feelings we can discuss later. No, yeah. Uh, I mean, I only have one more sentence to say and then you can we can okay. discuss away. Okay. Um, but I was just going to say the first three of the 10 episodes will drop on February 14th, which I feel like is not, uh, usually it's a two and then weekly. So interesting. Uh, it depends. Apple does both two or three, like, but yeah, it's normally based on like how much of the story they think they need to give us, which I disagree with them like half the time. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they should just do more full drops. This one sounds like one that they should do a full drop for. The fact is people don't know. They don't know the story. They're not that interested in it. I mean, maybe a little bit like I'm I'm interested by premise alone, like somewhat. But why not just why not give it well, all at the same time, please? For shows it like doesn't. This. Yeah, it doesn't seem like this is the type of story that has a like cliffhanger moment readily available to after the third episode be like, oh, I really need to watch that. But what do I know? Maybe, maybe it will. Probably not. I I will say I'm I'm interested. I'm not dying for this one. World War II dramas are sometimes interesting to me. What's cool about this one is it's such a different 
it's a different slice of life of that time period than like Masters of the Air, which is on right now on Apple, which is like a World War II drama period, the actual war war goings on and not just wartime. <laughs> Focusing on it's, the war, yes. It's goings on a word. Yeah. I, it's like the plural of going go, going on. Wait. No, oh I, you're you're 100% <laughs> correct. Don't overthink it. <laughs> Please edit that out. So, so bad. Uh, so I have like some optimism that this will be good, but it could it could be slow and boring. It, it really feels like Apple goes one way or the other. Even with something like the Buccaneers, like they had a cool premise. They've got the needle drops. I, actually, this is probably – Buccaneers is probably a better comparison. You said Bridgerton. But mm, you're right, you're it right. being same network, also needle drops, also like a period drama. And I didn't love the Buccaneers because I thought it was like just not that good. So I don't know. Mid-optimism, I'll say. The Buccaneers – Maybe I'm remembering this wrong though. The needle drops were were not remakes of popular songs though. They were just the songs themselves, which is why I said Bridgerton because they like. Oh, is do- that what it said? Remakes of popular songs, like the violin versions or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be truly violin versions, but it does. It does sound like. Let me let me revisit what I said. Um, a soundtrack of worse. modern covers of period appropriate song. Oh, period appropriate. So it's the opposite. Oh. That is horrible sounding. Wait, I but I need to know what that is. I need to hear that. Yeah, that sounds Period. honestly a little intriguing. So popular covers of songs from like the 40s. Oh, I don't know. That could be good. I kind of like that a lot, actually. I think I might listen to that soundtrack um, in a non-ironic way. I, I can't put my finger on it, but I have more optimism about this show than like the average Apple show that comes out. It sounds like, like you have more optimism about it than you did 30 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, I really liked that that description the more I thought about it of the songs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just feel like maybe it's doing something different. Yeah, I agree with you totally about the seeing a different slice of life during this time period. I like that angle a lot. And I kind of wish we had more stuff like that. It's cool to seeing like I mean, it's an origin story of sorts, right? It's like Dior's – isn't this like their first big line that made them famous or whatever as a design house? Uh, and that's kind of cool to me. I don't, I'm not very into designers and I don't really know the history of any of them. So it's just something new. My friend actually, she works for Dior and she said like this show has been like – it's they've been like talking about it like it's like exciting for them and I thought that was cool. I was like, that oh, is yeah. cool. I mean, this is like a historical moment for something that still exists and has relevance, and most people don't know the backstory of. So I like that. Yeah, same. I wonder if um if anyone your friend knows was was uh, consulted for like I don't know. I'm sure they had. I'm sure Dior has like all of the archived designs and and stuff from that period. That would be. I'm actually quite excited to see some of the costume costuming and like the the creative design aspect of this show the more we talk about it yeah I feel like we're talking ourselves into like actual (laughs) actual excitement about this which I would not have expected but uh I hope it's as good as our hopes now are yeah I hope it's not slow that's that's the main main thing um just in case I hadn't said it enough that one comes out on Valentine's Day February 14th on Apple TV. Um, 
The next is a show you have reviewed. Would you like to guess what it is? Oh, is this Ghost? Yeah, it is. We're here. Ghost Finally. season three. Woo-woo. On Paramount Plus, February 15th. Uh, although this is another that is is also on a network. We, we got a lot of these um, in the CBS. February. CBS, yes. Uh, the season three premiere, I have a little blurb. I will say, I don't think this is a spoiler. Um, Sam, Jay, and the remaining ghosts unravel the mystery. Oh, no, I'm not going to say anything else. I don't want to I don't want to say yeah, that. Yeah, you're going to, yeah, you're, don't, <laughs> don't do that. There was a, I can do a non-spoiler version and also say the premise in my own words, if I, if you'd if like I to, may. I also have a premise, but yeah, go for it. You you are you're into this show, so I want to give you. Yeah, your so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to improv. Okay. Um, basically, there are these two people who move from New York City upstate. They've inherited a giant mansion, and they find that there are ghosts in it. One of the couple, one of the members of the couple, can communicate and see the ghosts, communicate with and see the ghosts, and the other can't. The ghosts range from like. 100 BC to modern times. So they're all like, there's like a Viking, there's a jazz singer. Uh, it's a quite the quirky ensemble. And yeah, the comedy really comes from like one of them can talk to the ghosts, the other can't, but then also every ghost is so funny and gets their own storyline. The ensemble aspect of this show is incredible. I also forgot to say it is a British, um, like they adapted it from an existing British comedy, which is normally a sign that it will be good because they do they do good comedies there, but this is the Americanized version. So I, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Ew, that was such a gross way to say if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> but I don't like saying if you know, you know. Anyway, basically it's less dry, more classically like full of gags and such. There's a moment at the end of season two that's like kind of a cliffhanger. That's what Jenny almost said. Um, for our listeners who have seen season two, you know, to be excited about finding out what happened at the end of season two. Yeah, there's going to be a mystery that's unraveled. Wait, so for you sure. ruined it for yourself. You, by reading that, ru- you spoiled it for yourself? No, I have no idea what. Okay. Like, I, okay. the reason that I wrote it down was like, I was like, oh, this isn't a spoiler. But then as I was looking at it, I was like, I'm sure if you know what happened in season two, this is a spoiler. But these words kind of mean nothing to me. I think if I watched and then revisited this blurb, but for the uninitiated, it's it's just kind of like, oh, that's that sounds like plot. Um, but yeah, I would really like to watch the show. It's another that has been on my list for a while. I think I'll really enjoy it. I think I'll enjoy both the American and the British version. The British um, series has a lot more seasons, I believe, uh, which is daunting. But I'll get there eventually. I'm excited. Moving right along, February 16th. We get another season, season two of Life and Beth, a show I watched two episodes of and stopped watching. Uh, it's on Hulu. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might need to revisit because I probably it's it's not a it's not a long series. Um, I think it was one of those ones where I was like, this isn't my favorite. I'll maybe revisit it someday, and then just never picked it up because there's a lot to watch. Um, but this is the series you may remember um amy schumer and michael sarah star it's essentially like the 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 first season i would describe as this seemingly successful woman beth amy schumer has a long-term relationship a steady career but then something happens suddenly that makes her 
take a step back, look at her past and like decide who she wants to become. And so the rest of the season, and then I'm assuming season two kind of continues that of her reimagining her life and like re revisiting her priorities. And it's funny and like a little bit introspective, but it's Amy Schumer. So it's a comedy. Um, all 10 episodes of this season two will release on Hulu uh, on February 16th. And this is two years after the first season. So they've been taking a while. I've heard that Michael Sarah's good in this. Haven't seen any of it yet, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then, I, yeah, I, I think it's it's one of those things where if you enjoy this type of comedy, you'll probably enjoy season two. But um, there's no there's no like plot to hold on to and to tell you too much about or to, to grab your interest. It's more sort of a slice of life for these characters. Character-driven but not an ensemble comedy. Hmm. I don't really like either of them that much personally. So I will not try that. Yeah. I like Michael Sarah. I, you know, I already said, I didn't love the first, first two episodes of the first season of this. Um, it was fine. I could tell the type of show that it was, and I could tell that there would be people who would like it. And I could tell that that wasn't necessarily me and definitely not you. So season two, know. neither of us is so excited about that. Season one of the next show on my list, a new series called Constellation on Apple TV. It is a drama. It's an eight-part conspiracy thriller. Um, And it stars an – or not stars. It does star Numi Rapace, but it follows an astronaut who survives a disaster in space only to return to Earth and discover that, quote-unquote, key pieces of her life seem to be missing. Um. Jonathan Banks, James Darcy, Julian Lumen, Barbara Sukua, and William Catlett also star. And there are a lot of strong directors, one of them from Breaking Bad, one of them from Footnote, and one of them from Downfall that are involved in this series. Um, And it is from the mind of Peter Harness, who wrote for Doctor Who and a show that I've never heard of called Wallander. But the first three episodes will stream on Apple TV on February 21st. Uh, Okay, maybe. This is uh, Apple's so weird. Just I haven't seen a single thing for this. I know, and I don't know what to really make of. I mean, I would like to know which what sorts of things are missing from her life. So I guess I'll watch to find out. It is a conspiracy thriller. I don't think they can tell us before we uh, before we. Watch. I mean, I'll I'll obviously try it. Apple doesn't make too much, so the stuff they do make, like I always give, I give all, I'll give a few episodes at least. It yeah. could be good. Space is scary, so that's fun. I agree. I I agree. I saying that said, I haven't watched a lot of the new space content that has come out. Come out, so maybe I don't like space as much as I thought. But but yeah, it seems cool. Um, what space content did you not like? I need to know more about this. No, no, not not that I haven't liked it. I just haven't seen it. I don't think I that I've sought any. out any space content. Like I. I know this isn't recent. I haven't seen Interstellar. What? I haven't seen For All Mankind. I, I haven't only watched a few episodes of that. I think the last space content, that's not true. I watched Foundation, but that's a different kind of space content. That's like a sci-fi. I guess this is also sci-fi, but I mean, that's like a otherworldly space content. Yeah, I mean like us humans going into space within the confines of our normal ability to go into space. <laughs> I think Although Interstellar last... gets weird. That isn't yeah. really correct but you said yeah like you've seen it <laughs> just turn the podcast <laughs> off and go watch interstellar i the last 
spacey thing that I think I've uh, seen was The Martian. And I that's after I read the book. <laughs> that was a really long time I ago. I loved The Martian. That's such a good one. It's good. That was really well done. But anyway, so I'm, I mean, I say that I'm excited, like mildly. I'm interested to see what this is about. Um, but I don't love thrillers all the time. I do like conspiracies. We'll see. I do love thrillers and I love conspiracies. Bada bing, bada boom. The next series is one that I am excited about and also dreading. It is Avatar The Last Airbender, the um, drama mm. fantasy live action <laughs> remake. <laughs> Why are you scoffing already? I just don't, I don't know how to deal with this existing because the movie everybody said was so bad and I don't know, I guess, but is this their attempt to redo it because the movie was so bad? I didn't see the movie. I'm asking you because I think you did. I did not see the movie, but I think this is vindication. I think this is supposed to be like a, hey, we can do this or it's a money grab. could be both. That's Um, why I'm, yeah, that's why I feel weird about it, but I don't, we'll, we'll see. Did you want to say more about the premise? Yeah. So for, again, the uninitiated, Avatar The Last Airbender was a fantasy adventure series um, that was really popular. Nickelodeon, the premise of the animated series and also this new live action reimagining revolves around a young boy who wakes up after a hundred year sleep and discovers that a century long war has been going on that only he can stop. So... A lot of high stakes. I love the animated show very much. It is very near and dear to my heart. I did not even want to watch the movie because one, it didn't look very good. And then two, once people started watching it and said it was an abomination, I was like, yeah, I don't need that in my life. Um, So this I was cautiously excited about just because sometimes live action remakes can be cool and like let you revisit things. Um, And I was really interested in like casting decisions I think that's kind of fun when people are casting animated figures into real life. Um, but I've I've learned some things since, uh, I don't know, since originally being excited that have sort of made my excitement wane. Um, it was billed as being authentic to the original, which I think is the most important thing. But it's not, it's not featuring any of the contributions from the original series creators uh, because they dropped out due to creative differences, which makes it seem like it's not authentic to the original. How can oh, the original creators- seem good. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, the ensemble cast is kind of fun. Like Danny Pudi is in this. Um, Ken Leung, George Takai, Arden Cho. Like there there are some exciting people. I'm definitely going to at least check it out, but I'm I'm a little nervous. I can't imagine, like I said, that the original creator is dropped out and that it's going to actually go really well. <laughs> so, yeah, that's giving like uh, Rick Riordan dropped out of being involved in the movies. And we all know how that went. Mm-hmm. All eight first season episodes of this new live action re- remake of Avatar The Last Airbender will stream February 22nd. So on Netflix. So you can oh, and of- it's Netflix. Oof. It is. It is Netflix. I know. I'm I'm nervous. People are going to be really harsh because it's such a beloved show and it's so well done in its animated form. Well, I don't know the show, so I'll be a neutral judge. Are you going to watch? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) I mean, I, I try to watch at least like one episode of everything, so I'll give it a chance. 
I'm worried you'll watch one episode of this and then be like, I hate this and never watch the animated series, which I think is something you should do once in your life. Really I'm good. so confused. I, I've said this before. I'm so confused by the Avatar thing because I swear I was like a child when Avatar was airing. And then all of a sudden in high school, everybody was talking about it. And I was like, we're 16 years old, you guys. Like, what am I missing? And so I never watched it because I felt like I was too old. And I'm still confused 10 years later. I think that happened because you're right. The first season started when we were quite young, but it took a long time because it was an animated series to get to the final, like to the culmination of everything. So the final seasons were airing when we were older, but by that point we were all so like sucked in. Also I've rewatched recently with Carter. Um, it was still a blast. I enjoyed myself. <laughs> it's okay. like the themes are still so good. The character arcs are really good. It is fitting for children but i think it's one of those shows that is also satisfying to watch as an adult i will take your word for it and i will give the live action one a chance that is all i can promise okie doke uh the next we're nearing the end of february here the next show is one that confused me a little bit and i'll explain more but it's the walking dead colon the ones who live is it confusing because it's like the seventh spinoff yes and I don't really understand who's watching all of these. Uh, but then again, I didn't watch me. The Walking Dead. So like, hmm. who knew there was a Walking Dead universe? I mean, there's there's apparently so much to cover here. Props to them for that. Like, I think it's cool when people create show t- like TV universes that are that that viewers want to delve into different parts of. Like, that's cool. This appears to be like a love story. <laughs> let, let me let me step back for a second. Andrew Lincoln and Denai Guerrera will reprise their Walking Dead roles of Rick and Michonne, Michonne, Michonne. I didn't watch the show, so I don't know. Um, in this latest spinoff, like we're saying, of AMC's zombie franchise, season run will season one will be six episodes, um, and it, so they're still calling it a post-apocalyptic television series. Um, it's set after the conclusion of the original The Walking Dead series, and um, these these two like main characters, I guess, Rick and Michonne, is it's the love story between them and the fact that this love story is is changing as the world around them is constantly changing due to the apocalyptic post apocalyptic circumstances. Pocapaca. <laughs> the post apocalyptic circumstances. That is hard to say. So it's like a like a love story, but set in the universe of The Walking Dead. I mean, I think at this point, like, they have to be telling unique stories because what else would there be to tell? But at least this has Andrew Lincoln because he's good. He's cool. I mean, I I won't watch it, but points maybe for that. I will say I know the the little I know about The Walking Dead is people who who have watched it and like it have praised it for, like, the, the reason that it is successful, according to some people, is that it does – delve more into like the character stories of these people that are being uh, affected by the zombies and less so just like action, action, action. So this isn't so far off the rails of that. Like that, that seems consistent of, you know, like how, how does this affect you as a, as a human and less like, how do we defeat the zombies? They're kind of just living with the zombies at this point. So I guess that's consistent and interesting. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it. I just feel overwhelmed by how much there is. I'm I'm actually kind of interested in in the various spin-offs. Like I like I think this world sounds interesting, but I can't possibly watch 
like 16 seasons of TV between all these spinoffs and all the original ones. It's so overwhelming. And I don't know if you can just jump in because I don't know anyone who watches them to like to tell me if I could just mm-hmm. like start with this one. I have no idea. Yeah. My plan is to just start with this one and see what happens. That's, okay. That's what, what I'm going to do. What fun. Such fun. I've got to imagine there's going to be some amount of backstory. Like in the first episode, they'll be like, remember when we did this and when we met? <laughs> like there's got to be some, Yikes. I don't know. Do we'll you remember see. Susie Crabgrass from Nuds and Classified yes. School Survival Guide? Apparently she's in the original Walking Dead series. And right. I didn't know she still acted. So good for you, Susie Crabgrass. That's cool. <laughs> I like that. That's a fun fact for today. It's weird that I've thought about Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide recently and you bring this up. Like in the uh, last Is it week. because they have a podcast? Sometimes I don't they know. come up in the news for their various podcast speakings. Like a few of a few of them are doing like a watch, rewatch podcast. Oh, interesting. No, I thought of it because someone I was talking about my name and the fact that Jennifer was a really common name in the 80s and that sort of trickled into the 90s, but not as much. So there were like plenty of Jennifers and Jens around and usually you'd have to pick like a Jen or a Jenny or Jennifer, whatever. And I brought up or the a example. Mosley, exactly. Jennifer Mosley. Mose? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But her last name was Mosley. That's why. Oh, right. good memory. That have, have you just been like sitting on that one since you named? Yeah, that's fair. You could have gone by yeah. Cullen, except then you would have had a hard time in 2008. Yeah. Harder yeah. than you did. Harder than already. We will see how the Ned's Declassified people, if they are in this new version of The Walking Dead, how they fare. Do you think, do you think they're alive well, still in this universe? I gave you an A plus on your first segue of the episode. I'm going to give that one like a C minus, <laughs> but I appreciate the effort, you know. Trying to rein us back you in. You got to applaud the – yeah, that's fair. I got a little off track. What's the next show? <laughs> the next show is Shogun, February 27th on Hulu. It's an upcoming historical drama limited series based on a 1975 novel of the same name by James Clavell that um, like I said to pr- premiere on Hulu but also Disney+. Plus internationally um the novel was previously adapted into a 1980s television miniseries i this sounds very familiar but i have not seen any of the the previous um content and it follows the collision of two ambitious men from different worlds and a mysterious female samurai um john blackthorne a risk-taking english sailor who ends up shipwrecked in japan a land whose unfamiliar culture will ultimately redefine him Lord Taranga, a shrewd, powerful daimo at odds with his own dangerous political rivals, and Lady Mariko, a woman with an invaluable skill set but dishonorable family ties who must prove her value and allegiance. Clavel's Shogun is a fictionalized version of real events and history. The character of John Blackthorne is loosely based on the historical English navigator William Adams, who in Japan rose to become a samurai under Taku- Tokugawa Ieyasu, whom the character it- Yoshi... Arguably too on. much premise. I'm feeling. I'm. I'm feeling. Too much. I'm premise. slipping. My interest is slipping. That's but the that end. could be a could be a sign for my interest in the show. Uh, is sort of how I feel about that. This could go so many ways. I, I feel like yeah. I feel like I could enjoy this, but, but it could be boring, like you said. Like I myself enjoyed all of that back backstory content. The, the one and a half paragraphs that I said that you lost your interest in um, because I think that the like old navigator history 
why did I say it like that? But the like old sailor history and people coming to places like Japan and China um, are quite interesting. And I feel like I don't know a lot about that time period, that history. And so when I see TV shows or books or stuff about that, I, um, I think that's cool. And I would like to watch this. But that's the only oh. thoughts I have. I have no like, I'm not super excited by anything else. Just cautiously optimistic. I you think it could be good, but it to me is giving like boring epic. I feel like they make these and they call it an epic and I'm like, okay, it's so boring. I just it's so hard to do them well. I think they get so caught up in like the visuals and the how do we adapt this long epic? I mean, that's like I guess what the book is. I don't know anything about it, but when the story is really long and there's all these characters and there's all these parts and I just have I don't know. I feel like I've seen it go really wrong and very rarely go well, but I am happy to be proven wrong. So <laughs> I will be giving it a chance. I have such low hopes if we're being honest. You can be honest. That is your prerogative. Thank I'm you. just excited to see something set in feudal Japan. This is not a real segue. This is just me saying also the lead in Shogun, Anna Sawai, is the lead – or like a co-lead in Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, that show that I just recently re-reviewed. And she was questionably my least favorite part of that show. So I wouldn't say that's like buying any favor for Shogun. That's fair. I I have no preconceived notions and or like baggage associated with these people. Yeah, I got um, a lot of baggage going into this one. A lot of baggage. Okay, are uh, we one, done? Oh. No, one. there's one more. There's one more. Elspeth. That's the last one. Ah, so many. I know. Okay, last I don't one. know any, anything about this one, so please regale me. February 29th on CBS, Elspeth finds Carrie Preston reviving her attorney character of the same name from The Good Wife and prior spinoff, The Good Fight. In this new spinoff, she relocates to New York where she does work for the NYPD. Wendell Pierce and Kara Patterson also star. Um, I have not watched The Good Wife or The Good Fight. Not so I don't, I don't, I don't have any yeah, feelings this, about this. Is this one that we should watch if we've never seen those, or someone else will have to tell us? I guess. Yeah, it sort of seems like yes, you could. Um, the the interesting um, piece of this is that Elspeth Tus- Tuscioni, who's the the name of the um, character, the main character, is an autistic and astute but unconventional attorney. So she has this singular point of view to make unique observations and quote-unquote, corner brilliant criminals alongside the NYPD. So it feels a little like that Australian show, Fisk, but much more serious meets, like, Castle, that old... Like, someone partnering with cops who is yeah, not a cop but is trying to be a cop. very networky, which 100%. is not a bad thing, but no, those just, are... you got to be in the mood. Yeah. Um, this will definitely be one that I... <laughs> that I listened for reviews about before even considering picking up. But that, I think I already said this. I'm going to say it again. February 29th. Happy leap year, everyone. It's a leap year. It's so exciting. Every time I tell people something happens on the 29th, I get excited. It's my half birthday. I only have one every four years. Wow. Everybody else gets to treat their half birthday like it doesn't even matter because they get one every year, but mine has to matter. I only get it every four years. (laughs) We can discuss what you're doing for your half birthday when it gets closer. But – that is the final show on this long February list, this long, long February release list. 
I hope there are ones that excited our listeners. There are a few that I feel like are quite exciting for me. So more so than January, actually. Yeah, it's because our our good old sitcoms are coming back. Network TV is finally coming back. I have to say, so I I think I made the original list. Not that I pasted in the blurbs, but you know, I'm looking through the February shows. I'm looking through what's coming out. I do think I skipped over. There's like six shows called FBI or FBI colon something else that I'm pretty sure come out in February. And I was like, nope, we're just not even going to. I don't know what the heck's going on there, but I'm sorry to the FBI colon fans. I was going to mention that to you and I decided, nope, we had the same instincts. I looked at another, I was cross-referencing our list with another list on the internet and there were more than just FBI. There were some other like a lot of- order maybe? Yeah, probably. (laughs) I was just like, we don't, people know that those are coming out if they like those. They'll, we, they don't need us to tell them. So on the same page. If you like a show that has five different versions of it and plays on network TV, yeah, make your own list because we- um, disregarded you. I'm so sorry, but at the same time, it's a lot. This <laughs> so. was this was long enough. I think we're I think we're good. Yeah, tune in next month for our March preview. We'll be doing all of the new releases uh, in March. But until then, you can find our reviews on the Double Take newsletter, dbltake.substack.com. And um, if you liked this podcast, give us a like and maybe a review. That'd be cool. Are there likes on? podcast platforms in your heart (laughs) like us in your heart and please give us a five-star review and subscribe find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode thank you for listening to double take if you like what you heard please support us by subscribing and leaving a review see you next time the double take podcast is produced by jess ball and me jennifer cullen 